How are we doing at 11 o'clock? What's going on? All right, man, that's exciting. I, I'm excited to, uh, to teach this weekend. Really excited to, uh, to teach to a full house. Glad you're with us online, if you're watching online. Uh, but man, I was standing right up here during praise and worship, and it was so good just to hear you guys sing, just to hear you praise the Lord. That was, that was awesome. Um, everybody should stand in the front once in a while just so that you can hear everything behind you. It's pretty cool. Hey, we are in Romans, the eighth chapter uh, this weekend, and I'm really, really, really excited uh, to teach it. This is probably, well, one of theologians have said this is, you know, not just the best book of the Bible, but Romans chapter eight is one of the best um, chapters in the Bible, and we're going to hear that right off the bat here um, and I, I'm just, man, I'm so excited to, uh, to teach this weekend. Josh Brooker uh, taught last weekend uh, through chapter seven, and he taught on this struggle, this battle that is within that we have. Uh, if you didn't get a chance to hear that sermon, if you weren't here last weekend, or, or you just um, maybe were out of town or something, uh, go back and listen to that. It's so good. This, this battle within, this battle that we have between our flesh and the spirit. And, we, and, and Paul kind of talks about that a little bit uh, as we go through chapter eight here. But Paul said, man, that, that, that I really want to do is what I don't do. And that that I really, I really don't want to do this, that's exactly what I do. And there's this battle in our flesh, right? This battle that our flesh is against the spirit and our spirit is a against the flesh, and Paul's really gonna, gonna help us walk through that. Um, and then today, we're gonna talk about how we as Christians, as followers of Christ, are freed from condemnation. And anybody excited about that? Like, that is such good news, that you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, are free from condemnation. We no longer have to live the way we used to live. Man, that is really, really good news. Oh, I'm excited about it. Even though it's my fourth time, I'm still excited about it. It's just a great text. Um, again, uh, just, just so thrilled that I'm able to be. My, again, my name's Greg Swords. I don't know if we've met before. I'm just one of the pastors here at The Experience. Uh, and uh, just excited to, to, to be with you. Um, I'm gonna pray. Uh, before I do, you probably coulda, shoulda, woulda gotten a handout if you wanted one. Um, gotten a handout. If not, you can, you can use the, the app on your phone. If you have a smartphone, download The Experience community app. You can follow along. It has everything I'm going to say there. It's going to be on the TVs as well. Um, but we're, man, we're going to dive into what God has for us this morning um, and just see what kind of great God we serve when we are filled with the Spirit, when we are filled with the Spirit. All right? So I'm going to pray, and then we're just, see ya. Thanks for coming. <laughs> That's the earliest anyone's left, but uh, <laughs> maybe she'll be back. I don't know. Okay. Hey. <laughs> nice to have you with us. Have a great day. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much that life as we know it, can be no better unless we live it with you. We just sang about that, Lord. So much better with the power of the Holy Spirit. Father, would you bless us this morning? 
Jesus, would you help me this morning to communicate your truth? Just you, Jesus. It's all about you. Thank you that you are among us. May we hear from you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in chapter eight. We'll start with the very first verse. And it begins like this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus, because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. Somebody say amen. What the law could not do since it was weakened by the flesh, God did. He condemned sin in the flesh by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as a sin offering in order that the law's requirements, requirement might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Man, this is all about the spirits. This is all about the Holy Spirit's work in us, and not just in us, but through us for those of us who follow Jesus. This is a new way. This is a new way. The first, chap, the first half of chapter eight, which is all we're gonna cover today, we're actually just gonna cover the first half of chapter eight, details the freedom that you and I as followers of Jesus should have when we've died to sin. Well, there's the caveat, isn't it? That when we've died to sin, then and only then can we experience the freedom. There is no more pressure on us to be saved by our works. There's no pressure. Listen, don't confuse anything I say this morning that you have to work for your salvation. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is very clear. We are not saved by works. We're saved by grace through faith. So this new life that we're talking about, though, keeps us from sinning if we're living in the Spirit. In fact, we're not even supposed to continue in sin. It doesn't permit this life of sin. It liberates us from the control of sin. Woo, that's good news. It liberates, what's liberation? Freedom. It liberates us from the shame and the guilt. It liberates us from fear. It liberates us from the addictions that bind us up. It, listen, I talk to people every week, nearly every week in my office. I have people come in who are absolutely wracked with shame. They're just, they're in this prison, if you will, of shame. You know the funny thing about shame? 99 times out of 100, we place it on ourselves. We place shame on ourselves and we live in this prison of shame, in this darkness of this cell that we've created because we just don't think we can escape. But here's the other funny thing about shame. If you walk around long enough, you're gonna find that the door is open. You don't believe me. Listen, the door to shame is open. God has and can, through the power of the Holy Spirit, deliver you from that shame. You're not supposed to carry it. It's a prison cell, but the door is open. You just have to walk out. You just have to lay that shame down. Because the shame that we carry, listen, there's a difference between shame and guilt. Guilt is a good thing. The Bible says guilt leads us to repentance. That's a great thing. I wanna be led by the Holy Spirit to repentance. But shame, shame is different. Guilt says, Greg, you did a bad thing. Shame says, Greg, you are a bad thing. Huge difference. 
I need to be delivered from that, and I can be delivered from that. So there's this turning point again. If you've been in church any length of time, you've heard the old pastoral joke, whenever therefore is in the Bible, you need to ask what it's there for. Yeah, so there's this turning point that that Paul makes. And chapter eight may be one of his most famous chapters because he's making the point, believer, follower of Jesus, he's making the point that we no longer... (laughs) you with me, have to live under condemnation because we have been set free. There's no condemnation anymore because we're no longer under the law. Condemnation is the opposite of justification. Justification says we've been declared right in the eyes of God through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross through his shed blood. Listen, I've heard pastors say, I've been in the church for a long, long time. I've heard pastors say, well, you just break down the word justified, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. Not true. That's a load of crap. Listen, that's not true because we have sinned, because we are in sin, because we were born. Psalm 51 says, I was conceived in sin. So it's not just as if I, somebody had to pay the price for my sin. There's a difference. So I have now, because of what Jesus Christ has done, I have now been declared right through his shed blood. When we follow Jesus, when we follow Jesus, we're declared innocent, but only through his work on the cross. It is only, it is only in Christ Jesus. Paul uses this phrase some 119 times. Feel free to count them yourself. I didn't really count them. You can cheat and use Google, or, you know, I don't know, maybe in your translation or your version, maybe it says 120, but it's 119 times that we're not only set free by Jesus, but because of his spirit living in us when we become a born-again believer, we're also called and equipped to live in a way that honors God. You say, Greg, I struggle with that every day. Be filled with the spirit. Hmm. Greg, I have, I have trouble every day. You don't understand. Be filled with the Spirit. A life with Jesus isn't, isn't just freedom from sin's claims. It's living in the power of God. It's being plugged into the source. And I am not the source. So we can be transformed then and then also be a catalyst for transformation in others. What? Greg, are you sure? Well, 2 Corinthians 1.4 says that literally everything we go through, even the afflictions that we have, that we're supposed to share those with others. You mean, you mean I can actually help in the transfer? Yeah, absolutely. Ever been there? Like you're, you're sitting across from a, from a friend of yours like, man, he's struggling. You're like, dude, I've been there. Let me tell you what God did in my life to help me. Let me tell you what God has done in my life. Let me tell you where I was and what he did and now where I am. Sister of Christ, you ever been sitting across from another gal and you're having a cup of coffee and you're like, she's just struggling with this and that or one other thing? You say, oh my goodness, yeah, me too. Let me tell you what God did. That's you and me being a part, being part of the transformation, not just being transformed, but helping and being a catalyst for somebody else's transformation. You with me? We can do that. We can be part of that because we are freed for something greater. If Jesus sets us free from something, sin, we are also set free to something. 
It's not just for your freedom that you were set free. It is for the freedom of others as well. Man, I wish somebody this morning knew what I was talking about. Do you know, follower of Christ, 2 Peter said, or 1 Peter says, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Now, I know he's talking to the Israelites here, but he's talking to followers of Christ. He's talking to the Gentiles, the Greeks too. We are a holy nation. We are a chosen people. We are, listen, his possession. Mm, that's so good. Somebody here today needs to know. You are his possession. <laughs> Does that bring you comfort? Not just to be his possession, but so we may proclaim the praises of him, the one who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We are then proponents, catalysts of transformation in others. Because we need each other. Because we need help. Listen, we are not just in this community, but in our life groups and in those people that you live with day to day. The, the law being perfect, we need each other. I cannot do it on my own. And I'm gonna learn today in the rest of this text, I don't have to, and I shouldn't be doing it on my own. Because, but the law, these 10 C's, you know what I'm talking about, right? The 10 commandments in, in Exodus and Deuteronomy. You can look it up later. But the problem is not the law. The law is perfect. If we followed it, it would have been perfect. But I'm imperfect, so I can't. So we've weakened this law by our flesh. Somebody's gonna walk away from here saying, well, God messed up. No, he didn't. God's not up there wringing his hands going, oh my heavens, I don't know what to do. I, that's not our God. He's sovereign. It's always his plan, was always his plan to demonstrate and display his grace and mercy, always. Because when sin entered the world, a great chasm between us and God became apparent, right? Then we understand that there's a great divide. There's a conflict between me and God now, and it's sin. And in order to resolve that conflict and to bridge the gap of this chasm, if you will, he sent his perfect son as the living sacrifice. God sent Jesus then to fulfill the requirements of the law that, listen, you and I could not fulfill. Nor could any previous sacrifice fulfill. You realize and understand in the Old Testament, all of those sacrifices, when, when the priest would spill the blood and sprinkle it on the altar, they, all it was doing was pushing sin forward. It was just pushing it forward. It, there was no really propitiation, but the perfect lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice in Jesus Christ obliterated sin. It did away. It fulfilled that his death fulfilled the requirements of the law. He became sin for me and you. Jesus was God with skin on, fully God fully man. I don't understand it all, but I don't have to. What I know is the Bible is true. He was fully man, yet divine. And because he came in the flesh, he was able to, pray, to pay the price that you and I could not pay. Praise God. Guys, I don't know if you know it, this is really great news this morning. This is really good news. Jesus Christ paid the price for our past Sins, our present sins, and our future sins. But we live in an age that, uh, 
I mean, sounds like a good guy, maybe a prophet, but I mean, fully God and fully man, yeah, I'm not buying it. We just live in a culture that, you know what it's called? Progressive Christianity. Oh, you're, you're dealing with it. You've heard of it. Makes me sick because they're so confused. We don't, need, we don't need power anymore. We don't need money anymore. We just need me. We just need ourselves. We're, we don't need another. I am my own God now. I am my own idol now. That's what progressive Christianity says, that I'm good enough on my own. I got to tell you, that is incompatible with what the Bible says. I'm good enough on my own. I was created in the image of God. Yes, you were, but when sin entered the world, you and I needed a savior. We cannot do it on our own. I wish somebody knew what I was talking about this morning. That is, friends, we cannot be good enough in and of ourselves. In our sinful flesh, we cannot be good enough. It is only through the blood of Jesus Christ. So this progressive Christianity that is just pervading our society in America just makes me sick because they're, we're so confused. We need to silence the enemy in our lives. <laughs> we need to silence that. In fact, if you don't know what I'm talking about, David Young, Pastor Corey talks about David Young. He's the pastor at North Boulevard Church. He wrote a book uh, just a few months ago. It's called The Grand Illusion. The Grand Illusion. And it is a great rendering of this progressive Christianity and how it's undermining the biblical truth, the biblical faith. Because friends, what they believe, what is pervading and permeating our society now, listen, it's not biblical truth. It's not compatible with the Bible. But now you and I, through what the Holy Spirit has done, what Jesus has done on the cross we can actually be, we can actually become what God wants us to become. <laughs> wow. That's great news. Greg, all the time? Well, we could, but the truth is I'm still living in my flesh. So I, I'm, I might make mistakes. I could make mistakes. I could still sin. But we can still honor the Lord because it's not about never sinning again. It's about my bent and the direction in which I'm walking. We can fulfill the law of God, which is very, very simple. Love God, love others. In fact, Jesus said all the laws and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Love God, love others. I know it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, with all your strength. I know that. But listen, we're able to do that. We're able to honor the commands of God only by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, you and I cannot do it on our own. We cannot. But when we're full of the Holy Spirit, we don't have this, this bent, this tendency to live in the sinful flesh, to live in sin. We have this bent and tendency toward holiness. Because now when I fail, now when I sin, I run back to the grace of God. I run back to the grace of God, but that's not my tendency, is it? That's not our tendency. Let's come on, let's be transparent. Let's be honest with each other this morning. My tendency when I sin is to run away. But when the Holy Spirit who lives within me quickens my conscience, I'm like, oh Lord, let me run back to the grace of God. And his power then helps me move forward. Still with me? Good. All right, next part. Starting at verse five. For those 
who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on the things of the Spirit. Now, the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset of the Spirit is life and peace. The mindset of the flesh is hostile to God because it doesn't submit to God's law. Indeed, it isn't able to do so. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. If anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. Now, if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit gives life because Christ is in you, because of righteousness, sorry. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, then he who raised Christ from the dead will also bring your mortal bodies to life through his spirit who lives in you. Man, I'm thankful for the spirit, but I have to choose it. I have to choose him. So when we are born again, when we are saved, when we are regenerated, we use a really churchy word, when we're saved, when we're born again, when we're we're reborn to bear, to do good things. Don't misunderstand me again. This is not about working our way to salvation. I wish I would have put here in Galatians 5, starting at chapter, or verse 16. Now, this is good. Don't get me wrong. Start with verse, if you look it up this afternoon, start with verse 16, though, because it says, Paul says, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify, you will not satisfy the desires of the sinful nature, or you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Ooh, but he says, live by the Spirit. So I say, live by the Spirit. I should tell you guys all, Hey, don't go home this afternoon. Don't look up Galatians 5, 16 through 23 this afternoon. Please don't do that. Now, hopefully you will because we're mostly rebellious. That was a joke. But in these verses, in these verses, listen, that Paul is telling us where the fruit comes from. And you guys know, and before that, listen, before that, he talks about all the lusts of the flesh all the things that we shouldn't be, that we shouldn't do, but when the Holy Spirit comes on us, then we have the fruit of the Spirit. And you guys know what those, you've heard them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, those, the fruit of the Spirit, right? But we can't have those without the Spirit. But we try to go get them, don't we? We try, somebody asked me, Greg, would you help me? Just, Greg, pray, I need patience. Pray for me, Greg, I need patience. No, I'm not gonna do that. Well, you're rude. Thanks a lot, Greg. No, listen, you don't need patience. You need the Spirit. Because you can't go just get patience. We can't go to Walmart and pick it up. It's not a tangible thing. The tangible thing is the Spirit of the living God. That's, what, that's how I get patience. That's how I get peace. We're all searching for peace. You're searching for the wrong thing. You gotta have the Spirit to have peace. Are you with me? It comes only in the Spirit. And Romans 7, 18 makes it perfectly clear that you and I, in and of ourselves, are just not good. Again, just incompatible with progressive Christianity, right? Because progressive Christianity says, I am good. I don't need a savior. I don't, I don't, I don't need forgiveness from sins. Just not true. It's just not true. But it's so countercultural in what people are, are thinking now 
Guys, we have to be ready. As followers of Christ, we have to be ready. We have to be able to give an account for the hope that we have, Timothy says. Are you ready? Do you know a reason for the hope that you have? Because culture is fighting against us. Nothing good comes in us. It's only in Christ. It's only in the power of the Holy Spirit that anything good is in us. And Paul says, listen, it's pretty simple. There's really only two ways to live. We can either have the mindset of the flesh, right? What we desire, what Greg wants. And when I do that, I suppress the truth. Back in Romans 1, 2, and 3, I suppress the truth. I suppress the spirit in my life. Or I can have the mindset and live by the spirit. And that's what God desires. Guys, there's the gist of the Bible right there. There's the crux of the Bible. Because the ways of my human flesh, the ways that I as a human, as in my own sinful desires want to go, it leads to chaos. The way that it leads to death. Romans 3.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. I can't do it on my own. But when, when I surrender, when I submit as a child of God to the power of the Holy Spirit and receive what he has for me, when I surrender and let go, I can't hold on to anything with my hands like this, it leads to life and peace. Listen, I promise you, I promise you, if you will surrender to God, if you will surrender your own desires, the mindset of the flesh, and take the mindset of the spirit, you will have a life of peace and joy and contentment. Not because I say so, but because God promised it in the power of the Holy Spirit. Greg, now, do you know what this world is? Do you know what is happening in our world? Do you know what society? Yeah, I do. And we're going to talk about it in just a minute. But the point Paul is making is super simple. Listen, I did not say easy. It is simple. If our minds are set on the desires of the flesh, then there's absolutely no way I can live according to the Spirit. There's no way. Because I can't do it on my own. Without the Spirit, Without the Spirit, we're unable to even know, we're unable to even, even understand we're, when we're in dangerous territory. Without the Spirit's indwelling in us, we don't even, I see it. Greg, listen, it's just a palm reading. I, I'm just going to get my palm read every Friday. It's not that big, Greg, I'm just reading my horoscopes. It's not that big a deal, come on. Greg, I just had somebody read some tarot cards for me. You don't even understand the fire that you are playing with because you're not filled with the Spirit. You don't understand how badly you can be burned in playing with those things until you know that you're filled with the Spirit. And here's how I know, because I know there are some of you within the sound of my voice this morning who have walked into a place and said instantly, I don't think I should be here. Oh, oh man, uh, something's wrong. Um, I, I, I think I'm in the wrong place. This is not good. You've had it. You know it. We know when we have the Holy Spirit and we understand then what foolishness and how dangerous things can be because the Spirit and the flesh are in constant battle. But when the Spirit's in me, 
I know these things. Oh man, this is a tough one. I don't even know if I want to say it to you. If you don't see it, what does that mean? On the other hand, if our minds are set on Jesus and his will, (laughs) we're not only going to be filled with the spirit, but we're going to be empowered by that spirit that lives within us to live just as God has called us to live. Greg, you don't, you don't understand. You, you don't know my spouse. I, don't, I know, but I know the Holy Spirit. Greg, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know my past. You don't know the addictions that I struggle with each and every day. No, I don't. And listen, man, I don't wanna, I don't wanna belittle it. I don't wanna think light of it, but I know the Holy Spirit. Greg, you don't understand my work environment. You don't understand the workplace. You don't know what I deal with every day. I know, I know, but I know the Holy Spirit. (laughs) Did you know that you and I, follower of Christ, believer, did you know that you and I have the opportunity? We have the capacity to quench the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5 says. And this isn't, I'm not talking about an occasional sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a bent toward my sinful flesh or a bent toward holiness. It it, it is a matter of moving in the direction that God wants me to move. It is a matter of moving in the direction that God wants me to move. It's getting better as time goes on. It's getting to be more like Jesus. It's, It's with every day, with every year, with every moment of my life, I look a little bit more like Jesus than I did yesterday or the year before or the year before that. I gotta tell you, I struggle with Christians. I really do struggle with Christians who come into my office and tell me, Greg, I've been struggling with this for five years or 10 years. I've been doing this and doing this and it's, and I wanna say, why? Why? Have you not surrendered? Do you not know the power of the Holy Spirit? Now listen, I understand that the struggle is real and it is every day. I understand that. But when I have a bent toward holiness, when I set my mind on what the Spirit desires, I don't have those desires anymore. He can, the Holy Spirit empowers me and enables me and the proof is going to be in my lifestyle. I told this story a couple of years ago. I, I, I was a basketball official for like 20 years. And I, as you move up in, in the basketball world uh, as an official, you, you have to, when you move up into like the college uh, world, you have to start going to clinics and stuff. And I was at a clinic and, and there was a crew of us. It was me and another guy. And then there was an older guy, probably about my age now, actually, uh, older guy with us. Um, I was probably 35 and and then there's Division I, NCAA Division I uh, officials, clinicians who are like gonna critique you and tell you, hey, this is what you did well, this is what you did wrong. So we go out there, we ref the first half, and even I'm noticing this older guy, like he's in the wrong position. What's he doing? He's not in the right spot. He's blowing his whistle when he shouldn't be blowing his whistle. He's looking across the lane. He's not doing, man, what is wrong with this dude? What's happening? He's making the whole crew look bad. Halftime comes around, we go, man, and this clinician just lays into him. And I can tell it is just not sitting well with this older guy, man. He's getting bristled, and sure enough, you know, this clinician went on, and finally he says to him, 
Man, you can't tell me what to do. I've been an official for 25 years. And this clinician, young clinician, snaps back and he said, no, you've been official for one year, 25 times. <laughs> Guys, I gotta tell you, instantly, I wasn't on the basketball. It had nothing to do with basketball. The Holy Spirit had quickened me in that moment and said, Greg, what about your spiritual life? What about your day-to-day, -day, Greg? Do you look the same today as you did five years ago? Are you still struggling with it? Listen, I'm not saying that that we won't have to think about that. I'm not saying that Satan's not gonna try to throw that up in your face, that addiction, but I'm just telling you through the power of the Holy Spirit, you can have victory over it. That's what I'm telling you. That every day, every year, we ought to look a little bit different. Jesus said a tree is known by its fruit. If we claim Christ, we're not claiming perfection but direction. Pastor Corey said that a couple weeks ago. I thought it was so good. It's not perfection but direction. It's the bent that I've been talking about today. We should be changed in the moment we accept Christ. And then the spirit that dwells within us should manifest change over the course of our lives. Is anybody here that agree with me? Because uh, we have a promise. We have a promise of a perfect future. But too often, listen, and this is a good thing. This is a good thing. But too often we forget about the present. We forget about the now. John 10.10 says, I've come, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. That sounds decent, at minimum, does it not? The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But this, this world, it, our sights are not set here. If we're a follower of Jesus Christ, we have the Spirit of God, we're saved from eternal separation. Praise God, that is so good. If we're saved, one day our mortal bodies will be brought to life through the Spirit of God that lives within us. We should be okay with being here, but we should be longing for the day that we're with Jesus. We should have this yearning within us. There should not be a, a deciding factor that we are so afraid. There should not be anything within our lives that we are so afraid of that we would be afraid to die. Listen, we can have victory. We should not be afraid of addictions. We should not, listen, even fear itself. COVID, that's a good one, right? A lot of people are afraid of COVID. I'm not afraid of COVID. Now hear me, listen, it's real. It's killing people. My mother died from COVID, okay? So I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is my mother was more excited to be with Jesus than being here and having COVID. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that, that fear doesn't grip me. It doesn't have a stronghold. Jesus broke the stronghold of sin. His burial, death, resurrection broke the stronghold. I don't have to be afraid of those things. I don't have to be afraid of anything. Man, that's good news. I'm just here temporarily. I'm just passing through, man. Paul calls it a vape. We're like a mist. Here today, gone tomorrow. Man, I'm looking forward to dwelling with Jesus. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to not having to go through this life in all of its beauty. Next part. <laughs> yeah, next part. 
Verse 12, so then, brothers and sisters, nope, yep, that's it. We are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh, because if you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those led by God's Spirit are God's sons. For you did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. There it is again, amen. Instead, you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Daddy, Father. The Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Man, aren't you thankful that we don't walk this journey alone? (laughs) That not just that we have this community or you have a a closer community, it's hard to get community in a crowd this size, but in life groups I'm I'm talking about, but, but because of our relationship to Jesus, with Jesus, we are not obligated to the flesh any longer. Now listen, We are obligated to the spirit, but we are not obligated or controlled by the flesh anymore. That that means we can be set free. If Listen, this is one thing. If you don't hear anything else, hear this this morning. Don't leave, there's more. But hear this this morning. You can be set free from sin by God's grace through faith. You can actually have victory in your day-to-day life. That's what Paul is trying to tell us in all of Romans 8, that there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for those who have the Spirit living in them. And listen, the Bible is so clear because in my human nature, in my humanity, our direction as sinful flesh always leads to death. In my sinful flesh, it always leads to death. Freedom only comes in choosing Christ. Freedom can only come in Jesus, true freedom. But too often we take that freedom and we just kind of hang out on the edge of it. I want to stand right on the edge, see how far I can get. Think of it in this way. So my wife, Tammy, and I, we get married, and I go up to her and I say, now listen, we're married, and you know, I said I loved you. Um, do we really have to date, like, every Friday? Do we really have to do stuff together? I mean, I just, I mean, how, if I could just, how, how much do I have to do so that you just won't leave me? And that's dumb, right? I mean, that's, that's really dumb. That's really dumb, isn't it? (laughs) Careful. I'm setting you up. (laughs) We do that. We do that as Christians. We try to see just how far we can go. We try to see just just how far I can get away. Oh, I'm I'm still a Christian because I went to church yesterday. Nobody in here, for sure, right? Nobody in here. But how many of us know Christians that display absolutely no commitment to Jesus Christ? Come on, I know them. Don't don't really raise your hand. 
Not a show of hands. But I, we all know them. I've been a Christian a long time. I know people who are still struggling with the same things. Why? Because they don't have the spirit. Because they're not surrendered. Because they won't give up their sinful flesh. We just wanna see how far we can stretch the tether away from Jesus. That's not what he has for us. That's not what he has for you. Man, we should live in such a way that we understand that we are adopted. We should live that we are now part of the family of God, that we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings. Since we're adopted into his kingdom, we are free from the fear that the world uses to control the lost. We are free from that. It's like I was talking about earlier. So not only should we be moving away from sin and growing closer to God in our thoughts and actions, we should be moving into the security that comes in knowing Jesus by the power of the Spirit that lives within us. We don't fear. We don't have fear. We don't live in that fear because we trust in God. Still no, not a show of hands, but how many of you know life is brutal? I mean, life on this earth I know that Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have more abundantly. It ain't always that great. It's hard. And I know if we did do a show of hands, I could ask in here if we did a show of hands, how many of you guys have ever been hurt? How many feel like you're abandoned? In fact, I, would, I could even say, how many feel like you've been hurt or abandoned by the church? We'd have a huge showing of hands in there. But Jesus promises that he will never, ever leave us. Don't set your mind, don't set your sights on me. I'm gonna fail you. I'll just tell you right now, I'm gonna fail you. Don't set your mind, don't set your hearts, don't set your sights on Pastor Corey. He's gonna fail you. Don't do it on Kyle, we're gonna fail you. Somebody, people are gonna fail you. Jesus will never fail you. He will never fail you. He's made us co-heirs with Christ. He's got to put a smile on your face. Follower of Jesus, he, he's made you a co-heir. And he doesn't just give us life more abundantly and help us make it through this life that is absolutely brutal, but he's promised us a destination with him forever in heaven. So much so that Jesus told his disciples, listen, I'm going to go ahead of you and prepare a place for you. I'm going to go ahead of you. I'm going to, I'm going to get it ready. I'm going to be so busy. I'm going to, I'm going to put a put a, a, a mansion together for you. I, if, man, if it weren't so, I, I wouldn't be saying this. I wouldn't be telling you this. We have heaven awaiting us, friend. I don't have to have fear. I don't have to be bound up by addiction. I don't have to, I don't have to, I don't have to go through those things. There's a catch. Man, I knew it. If we are to be glorified with Jesus, if we're to be glorified in him, we must also suffer in a similar way that he did. Greg, you had me until this slide. I was with you. I love that no condemnation part. That's good stuff. I love that part about the Holy Spirit living in me. But you know what? When it comes to obedience, when it comes to the struggle, and when it comes to learning things through adversity, I'm out. Come on, we've been talking transparently this morning. We've just been being honest with each other. That's where most of us bail. 
But that's where we learn what it looks like to be obedient. That's where I've learned everything. That's why if I just trust Jesus, if I just surrender and just take my hands off of it, I can learn through that. I gotta tell you, the times that I've learned the most have been the times that have been the biggest struggle in the deepest valleys of my life. When I look back on those valleys, I can see the hand of God saying, I'm with you. Oh man, I'm with you, Greg. Maybe you're here this morning, you're like, Greg, you don't get it, you don't understand it. Chaos is all around me. I'm struggling just to stay above water. I, I can't believe it. Everything is wrong. My marriage is wrong. My schooling is wrong. My job, everything is wrong, Greg. You don't understand it. I, I, I'm literally sitting in the ash heap uh, the, of life, in the muck of life. You don't understand it. Listen, he's sitting with you in the muck of life. He is with you. The Holy Spirit is with you. Don't check out. Don't bail when it gets tough. Too often, though, we want rewards without the sacrifice. Friends, salvation, freedom, this relationship with Jesus, yeah, it's free. But it is not cheap. It costs Jesus his life. We have to choose. You are faced this morning, right now in this moment, you are faced with a decision. Will you choose sinful flesh? Or will you pursue Christ over yourself? Will you choose to throw away the pursuit of all that you think is right? Will you throw away the idol of progressive Christianity, which is me? Will you throw that away and trust that Jesus, trust <laughs> trust that the God of this ever-expanding universe as we know it, trust that the God who created all the stars and the galaxies, that you ever seen a picture that the Hubble telescope has seen? If you haven't seen that, have you ever seen a flower and the detail and all of that? That creative God who created all of these things, maybe, just maybe, that God could think of a better plan for you than you can. Just maybe he has a better plan for my life than I do. We have to trust <laughs> that he has a better plan for us than I could possibly dream up. When is the last time that you meditated on the magnitude of what Jesus did on the cross for you? Man, when we meditate on that, it should drive us to worship. It should drive us to awe. It should drive us to thanksgiving. And I think of all he did for me and that I might have to suffer a little bit on this earth while I'm here, it, be, it becomes an honor. Okay, Lord, I know that with the power of the Holy Spirit, I, you're with me, I can walk through this. We're not only saved by the cross, but we can live in the power of the cross. Not on our own. Not on our own strength, only by the power of the Spirit. If you are in the prison, if you are racked with shame, and you are in this prison of shame and addiction, 
and you just seemed can't you just can't break free. Listen, please hear me this morning. The door is open. Walk out. Walk out. You were never designed to live in that shame. You were never designed to live with that fear. You were never designed to live under the throes of the control of sin. Jesus came, shed his blood, gave us the power of his spirit so we might live above those addictions, above that fear, above hate and racism, above all of these things. Jesus came to set us free. So what are you going to do this morning? Romans 8 is so amazing because instantly, the first thing we read, instantly it tells a believer that we're not only adopted, but now there's no condemnation. And none, no condemnation that the hand of God through the power of the Holy Spirit actually is always with us, guiding us, helping us, leading us. That we are not alone. And we've learned then that without the condemnation that now we have been made right in the sight of God. We have been justified by what Jesus did and can now live a life in the here and now above sin, a life that honors God, not on our own, but in the power of the Holy Spirit. Greg, one more time, please tell me that you're speaking truth, that it's really possible because I just need to make it through today. I'm imploring you, surrender. I'm promising you, if you will surrender to the Holy Spirit, you will have life and peace. So we have a choice. Is your mind set on the sinful flesh this morning? Or is your mind set on what the Spirit desires? Or maybe you wandered in here and you thought, I, I don't know much about what you're talking about. Really, Greg, I don't, I'm not even sure there are two directions. I'm not sure there. Okay, keep searching. Keep searching. Is this maybe you? Maybe, maybe your d- daily life isn't displaying the fruit of the Spirit. Are you even full of Spirit? Dwight L. Moody, a preacher from long ago, not all that long ago, Pretty, pretty long time ago, said, we need multiple fillings of the Holy Spirit. I need to be filled again. I need to be filled sometimes daily because he said, we leak. Listen, you with me? The world is crushing in on us. I'm being squeezed by the world each and every day. And hopefully, when I'm being squeezed by the world, I'm leaking out the Holy Spirit everywhere I go. So Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father God, fill me again. Do you need to be filled with the Spirit this morning? Are you displaying the fruit of the Spirit? Are you, am I willing to lay down what the temporal? (laughs) Just, Just this? Are we willing to lay down and understand that maybe God has a better plan for us for eternity?
Or do you believe that God can even transform you? We are transformed, Paul says, by the renewing of our mind. And the indwelling power of the Holy Spirit gives us the ability to live an honorable life. What's an honorable life? A life where we can have victory over sin. (laughs) Don't you want it? Are you happy in the way you're living right now? Do you have freedom? Do you have joy? Are you stuck in some kind of prison? Would you bow your heads with me? Holy Spirit, thank you so much for your presence here. (laughs) For the believer, God, help us to understand if we walk in the spirit, we will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature, that there is no condemnation. We live in victory. Jesus, for those of us who don't understand that, help us to get there. And listen, if that's you this morning, Pastor Carl is on my right, your left. He's standing over here to my right. If you don't know Jesus, if you'd like to begin a relationship with Jesus, come up and talk to Pastor Carl. If you have questions about the faith, listen, he would love to talk with you. There's also men and women on my right and left who would love to pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, listen, anything, it could be large or small, please come let somebody pray with you. And the last way we can respond this morning is through communion. Man, what a day. <laughs> What a day to respond in communion, that we would eat the bread, the wafer, and the juice in reflecting on what Jesus has done through the cross and through the power of his Holy Spirit. And the only thing we would ask is that if you don't know Jesus, you would not take communion because the Bible says that you eat and drink judgment on yourself. Jesus, help us to live differently because of your Holy Spirit that you have given to us. Help us live differently from day to day. God, don't let us look the same next year as we look right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. God bless you guys.